Welcome to the My Big Church Podcast. On this podcast, you will hear a message of hope and inspiration from one of our pastors. We hope you enjoy the message. This is the Big Church Podcast. This week, we're going to continue in part two of the future of the church, and I'm going to be answering those three questions. But before we do, I kind of want to recap last week for the people who weren't here so that you kind of know what we talked about. We explored the three generations that the Barna Group has studied, and that's Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z. Now listen, I know that I didn't even mention our baby boomers, but we have baby boomers in the room. Would you just wave to me real big? So good, so good. We're so glad that you're here. And what I love about Big Church is even though we're passionate about reaching that generation that's walking away from the church, it's got four generations represented. It takes us all, a village, right? So I'm sorry I didn't mention you guys last week, but I'll tell you that I I don't have any statistics, but you are still important. We love you. You belong here. And the other thing that I said last week is the current church model, we cater to my generation, the Gen Xers. And so we're missing reaching the millennials and we're missing reaching Gen Z. Culture is so loud, but the church has grown quiet. We're not addressing what we once did. And you guys, I also said that we're the church. I ask that you point to yourself and say, I'm the church. This building isn't the church. The church down the street is not the church. We personally are the church. And I want to say that the message never changes. Jesus is still our message. The cross still matters and the blood still saves. But the methods absolutely must change in order to reach the generations that are walking out of the church doors. So today I want us to lean in as we answer the three questions we must answer to reach this generation. And they are, what is truth? Where do I belong? And does my life matter? And I'm going to take the first two and wrap it up with what is truth. But where do I belong? Everybody wants to belong. Let's look. And I'm sorry, CG, I changed this around. I'm going to go where the Holy Spirit tells me to go. I'm not going to go the way I want to go. I had it planned to do it in order. But he said, go here. So we're going to look at Mark 12. Verse 30 and 31. And before um, we go there, let's pray. Lord, we come to you today saying, Holy Spirit, speak the words that you want to speak. Make hearts ready to receive the words that you want to speak. And God, make us the right people to reach the ones that are far from you. And Jesus, our number one goal is to make you famous. And we thank you today. Mark 12, verse 30 and 31, it says, And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. 
You see, I believe that people really don't care how much you know. They don't care if you know scripture after scripture. They don't care if you know the research. They care how much you care. They don't care how much you know, but they care how much you care. And before we started Big Church, um, I just did a Facebook poll, you know, because those are always correct, right? Um, But anyway, I did a Facebook poll asking the people that were my friends to give us feedback on the number one thing that they were looking for from a church. And do you know it was a resounding community? that I can grow with. That was the number one answer. It wasn't, I need to know more scripture. I need to know, uh, I, I need to know the Bible. I need to have community that I can grow with. And I was like, wow, just a shift in where culture has gone. Back in the day, my generation, it was like, give me the meat, give me the word. I want to learn more. But people aren't belonging these days. They don't fit with people. And so they're looking for the church to be the answer. And I believe the church is the answer to everything. And so that was a driving force in us being the friendliest church in the Ville. So how do we answer the question of where do I belong? First of all, you have to belong. You have to be the one that takes the step to make sure you're belonging. To come in and connect with people. So the first thing is you have to belong in order to make others feel like they belong. The second one is small groups are important. Let me tell you why. It's not another thing to add to your plate because you're already busy enough, but it's a place where you can come together with like-minded people who are going to stand in the gap, that are going to speak into your life, that you're going to have community with, that you're going to feel connected with. Another thing that we can make people feel like they belong is by being on a serve team here at Big Church. Now listen, it's not because we need your help, because we got a lot of places covered. It's for your benefit, because it puts you in it on a team that makes you a part of something bigger than yourself. And that's how you feel like you belong because you and your people are hanging together and you're making a difference for the kingdom of God. We also have a way that we can make people feel like they belong by saying, hey, will you be my guest on Sunday? And you're my guest on Sunday. And I say, you can sit with us. We are not Regina George around here. We are not mean girls. We are going to be people that say, hey, you're here alone today. You can sit with me. Let's be that. Let's let people know that they belong. Another thing that we can do is schedule stuff outside of church. You are not a part of a real community if all you do is is meet with people on Sunday morning. Who are you meeting with outside of these four walls? Who are you doing life with? And when we do all of these things, I promise people are going to feel like they belong. 
I know I'm probably the most extroverted, extra dramatic person. I don't know. Heather, Heather might be, uh, I might be a close second to my BFF Heather, but I'm one of these people that when you walk in the doors, Josh Moody's like, yeah, I know this. I'm like, hey, let's be friends. And what would happen in the church if we treated people like, hey, let's be friends and begin to pull people closer and closer? Do you think people would feel like they belong? I got a text from Jennifer Woosley a few weeks ago and said that I'm not going to throw which daughter under the bus it is, but she said, so-and-so doesn't like hugs but she says she loves hugs from Pastor Mindy. And I'm telling you, that touched my heart so much because your hug and your smile make people feel like they belong. I learned when I was a Mary Kay sales director, Mary Kay Ash taught a uh, little phrase to all of us that says, pretend that every single person you come in contact with has a little invisible sign around their neck that says, make me feel important. Make me feel important. I know when people make me feel important, I feel connected to them. I feel like I belong in that circle. And maybe sometimes we've got to check our circle. We might need to look at the people surrounding us. And if they're not talking about Jesus and they're not talking about future and they're not talking about goals, but they're talking about people, you might need a new circle. Because that circle does not make you feel like you belong. Let's answer question number three. Does my life matter? Well, in Psalms chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, it says, When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. That was what David was asking God. God, you made the moon and the stars and the whole world in six days and rested on the seventh and seventh, and you care for me? I'm not important to you. God thinks your life matters. The script that scripture right there just proves that your life matters, that he thinks about you, that he cares for you. And he has given each of us, our own DNA. You know, we have our own special fingerprints that nobody else has. And he's given each and every one of you your own individual purpose. He created it only for you. You're the only one that can accomplish it. Your life matters. And here's the thing. We get real busy doing our life and doing our thing, but it's bigger than us and our life and our thing. It is something bigger than your family. It's bigger than your job. It's bigger than your wants. It is something for his kingdom. Every single one of us. It's not saying quit your jobs, go into full-time ministry because we need marketplace ministry ministers. But listen, 
Are you carrying Jesus everywhere you go? Are you showing people that God's chosen me and my life matters and my life matters to you? In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. You guys, we have to let people know that they matter. The suicide rate right now is astronomical. I mean, there are pastors committing suicide. We have to let people know we love them and they matter. The ways that we can do that is simply just encouraging people. I have made it one of my goals that every time that I leave somebody, I leave them with something positive for their life. I don't always do it because I'm, I'm, I'm a human. I'm imperfect. But that is something I'm working really hard on. And you know, I don't know if you've been around our church very long or not, but we like make a lot of jokes. And sometimes it's sarcastic at people's expense. That's another thing I'm no longer doing because I don't know what somebody else is going through. I don't know what happened to them way back when. My husband used to say, you can't take a joke. And I said, you don't understand. I was said, I was told how bad I was for so long that even if you're kidding, it digs a knife into my heart. It matters. Another way that we can um, answer the question of does my life matter is pray for people. And not just pray for them, but when God highlights somebody to you, Reach out and let them know, Chelsea, God put you on my heart this morning, and I want you to know, here's, I prayed for you, and here's what I prayed for you. What would happen if we started praying more for people instead of talking about them? What would happen if we started praying more for people instead of rejecting them? What would happen if we did that? I believe that we're going to answer the questions that this generation needs to be answered so that they want to be a part of the Capital C Church. And last but certainly not least, I want to spend some time on answering the question of what is truth. And I'm going to share some scriptures, and then I'm just going to get out on the edge of the stage, and I'm just going to talk from my heart. I have it scripted, but God is doing something so new and so fresh, and he is wanting us to rise to the occasion of being the church. But the truth is the unchanging word of God. It doesn't change because culture changes. We shouldn't water down scripture because culture is changing. The message is still the same. Jesus died on a cross. So that we could be forgiven and set free. He rose three days later so that we could live eternity with him. Jesus said in John 8, 32, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Listen, we can pray for people all we want. 
But if we don't bring the word and the truth of God's word to them, they're never going to get free. Because how do we know? By hearing of the word of God. We have got to present the Bible to them. In that scripture, you know, he did not say you're going to know a truth or any truth. He said you will know the truth. And in John 14, 6, he tells us, I am the truth, the way, and the life, and nobody's coming to my Father except through me. So we've got to know and have relationship with Jesus. And I know there's a lot of information out there, and we have access at our fingertips because of the internet. We have access to the news, and there's everybody saying their stance, and I remember when I was in journalism school back in college, I thought I wanted to do that. Praise the Lord, I didn't. Uh, but... I remember back in the day, we were taught that you have to be neutral if you were going to be in journalism. But today, we live in such a divided world that you can pick your side and you can preach your message, whatever that is. People are so confused today. And I want to tell you today that confusion is not from God. It's from the enemy. If you're confused... You are being deceived by the enemy. And I'm not putting, uh, this is not to make anybody feel bad. It's to bring truth. If there's confusion in your life, it's because you're not listening to what God's word says. It's, you're not resting in the peace that he's giving you. Because God is peace, the devil is confusion. It's hard to teach, and I mentioned this last week, it's so hard to teach the truth today because everybody says if you bring the truth that you're a hater. And I believe that hate is when I don't care enough if you're going to go to hell or not. Love is saying, I want relationship with you, and I want to help you grow from point A to point B. Here's what I see in this offended culture today. We get confronted about something, and then we go, peace out. I don't, I don't want anybody to correct me. And I am one of these people. I'm a constructive criticism junkie. Like this week alone, I've asked three people, how can I get better? How can I get better? And if we're not constantly evaluating ourselves and trying to be better, not for our own sake, but for his sake, what are we even doing? What are we even doing? This past week, thank you, Jay Benfield, for sending this out. A former songwriter for Hillsong renounced his faith on social media. Listen, what we're hearing and feeling and seeing in Louisville, Kentucky is happening across the world right now. But listen to this. Skillet's lead singer, which is a Christian rock band, in case you don't know that Skillet is a Christian rock band. He said, we as the church need to stay grounded in a truth-driven over, uh, I'm sorry, truth-driven faith 
over an emotion-driven faith. That's not going to happen through worship. That prepares the way for the Word. The Word is the truth, and we can worship and pray, but it's the Word that brings the truth. And you guys, I don't want anybody to be caught off guard that this guy that used to write music about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is, is, is now renouncing his faith. It was prophesied this would happen. It said in Matthew that even the very elect will walk away. It's no wonder. And can I tell you, if you are on fire for Jesus and the enemy is knocking on your door, beating on your head, it is because you have got a purpose so big and the devil is afraid of you. So shake it off. Get back up. Let's go. We got a mission to accomplish. Come on. Let's not sit back and let the devil give us black eyes. We've got this bigger because we serve the one that's bigger. Emotions are going to come and go. People are going to come and go. But his word stands forever. I'm going to share that article. It was so good. It was so good. And I was so thankful that we didn't sit back and just let somebody from Hillsong renounce their faith and us get fearful about that. I was so thankful that there was this Christian rock band lead singer who says, hey, this is not right. I mean... You get on social media and say, this is your new thing? Really? Yesterday you were for 20 years following the Lord and today you're following something different? And you want us to follow you? Heck to the no. I 100% believe that if we don't answer these three questions, then we're going to lose a generation. I also believe that if we don't answer what is truth, culture is going to tell our young people, our middle-aged people what truth is. We cannot allow that to happen. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.15, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. I want to love people enough to speak the truth in love. And I want people to love me enough to speak the truth in love. That's why I ask people to evaluate me. I want that. You can belong before you believe. I just want to make that that 100% clear. You can belong before you believe, but love and acceptance is not equal to agreement. I can love you. You're welcome. Welcome home. But listen, the truth is still the truth. And that's why I love the interns. I'm dealing with Gen Zers and I get them in a room and I speak the truth of God's word to them. I ask them how they're, they're, uh, how they're living their life. I, 
I teach them on sexual purity and I ask the questions about sexual purity. I don't do it on the first night, do I, guys? Uh Uh-uh, because they don't trust me yet. (laughs) They're like, who are you trying to be telling me what to do? But I'm constantly helping them with the areas that could keep them out of from what God has for their life. I'm just here to tell you today that if you build relationships with people, you can speak into their lives. As a matter of fact, people want you to speak into their lives when you have relationship with them. They want you to say, no, that's not the way, baby. I love you enough to tell you that. So today, I want you to go ahead and stand And I want them to dim the lights. And I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes because I don't want the person next to you to feel uncomfortable. Because I'm going to ask you some stuff. The gospel is offensive. And you guys, we can get Bitter, or we can get better. I believe that if you choose bitterness, you are going to be in this exact same spot in your life 10 years from now. But if you choose to get better, you are going to be used for the glory of God. I'm going to ask that as we sing this last song, that is who God says you are. I want you to examine yourself. And after you've done that, I want you to ask God, where do I need to allow you to change my heart? What words do I need to change? What actions do I need to change? And then I want you to decide today that you are going to be the change that this world needs. We pray for this church all the time. And we pray for you and we pray that you are catalysts of change. That you're city shakers. That you are world changers. But no prayer in of itself is going to have us see that in you. It's when we own that. I believe it's time to take the prayers and move on them and make a difference. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.